You're listening to audio from Citizens Church, located in Plano, Texas. For more information about this ministry or to give to this ministry, please visit citizenschurch.com. Good morning, Citizens Church. It's good to see you guys here today. If you are here for the first time or if you're watching through the stream, welcome. We're so glad to have you with us. We've been in a series for a little over a year called Wisdom and Wonder. And we've been taking an extended, long look into the wisdom of God. And we've been defining God's wisdom this way, as living in God's world, in God's way. And if you remember, we said that wisdom has a pace. It's slow. And wisdom has a posture. It's low. And wisdom is a person. His name is Jesus. And we grow wise only in relationship with him. But today, I want to talk to you about another aspect of wisdom. The title of my message today is Wisdom's Aim. And so I hope you all brought your eagle eyes as we explore the chief aim of wisdom. I know that was terrible, but I'm in the one place where I know I will receive forgiveness. My sermon today, again, Wisdom's Aim has three points. First one, Wisdom's Aim. The second one, Wisdom's Heart. And the third one, Wisdom's Water. All right, part one, Wisdom's Aim. Again, over the course of this year, we've been covering how God's wisdom informs and interacts with all of life for those who are in Christ. We've been talking about wisdom in fear and wisdom in suffering, wisdom in marriage, wisdom in parenting, wisdom in friendship, wisdom in words, and so many other topics. If you remember, Tamarcus reminded us last week that none of us have fully arrived. We've been growing and maturing in these things, but we're not there, right? We've been learning how to speak, and we've been learning and growing in the way that we relate with each other. And even the way that we relate with ourselves, our own histories. And it's been a beautiful and challenging journey. But let me ask you a difficult question. Is the aim of wisdom simply to live increasingly better lives? To live increasingly wise lives? Is the aim of wisdom simply to learn how to manage our thoughts and manage our emotions and manage our behavior, and manage our words, and manage our households well? Is that all it is? Like, God, just give me wisdom so I can improve my marriage, control my anger, be a little nicer to my kids. As important as all of these things are, these are blessings from God. They are. My question is, does it all end with me? Or is it going somewhere? Is wisdom's ultimate aim bigger than me, bigger than you? My answer to you is yes, absolutely. God's wisdom is going somewhere much bigger than just me, much bigger than just you. God's wisdom is going to the ends of the earth. Wisdom has a pace. Wisdom has a posture. And wisdom has a person. But wisdom also has an aim, a goal, a purpose, and end. Wisdom's aim is that this glorious God of wisdom might be glorified to the ends of the earth. 
Wisdom's aim is that all nations, all tribes, all peoples would know, love, trust, and obey Jesus Christ, who is the wisdom of God and the power of God. How do I know this? It's written through the whole Bible. And I've got 25 minutes left. So let me just focus on wisdom. Let me just read to you from the songs of wisdom, from the book of Psalms. When Lady Wisdom sings, what does she sing about? Over a hundred times. Psalm 33, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Psalm 117, praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. Psalm 82, arise, O God, and judge the earth, for you shall inherit all the nations. Psalm 86, there is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. Psalm 98, the Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. That is what we do here at Citizens Church. We tell of his salvation every day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, he is to be feared above all gods. And finally, Psalm 67. May God be gracious to you and bless you and make his face to shine upon you. Have you ever... Have you ever heard this before? There's a song we sing with these lyrics in it. But did you know that this is not about being blessed for yourself? This is a commissioning statement. God is commissioning his people. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. That, what? That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. And listen, God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth, what? Fear him. A year ago, we began with this thought. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Do you remember that? But what is the end of wisdom? The end of wisdom is that the fear of the Lord would go to the ends of the earth. That all the ends of the earth would fear him. This is wisdom's aim. Do you see it? This brings us to my second point, wisdom's heart. Wisdom's aim, again, is that God will be glorified to the ends of the earth. And if we share wisdom's aim, that we will also share wisdom's heart. And what is that heart? What is wisdom's heart? Let, let's say you've been paying a lot of attention 
to wisdom and wonder. And you have learned to fear the Lord. And you've learned what kind of fool you tend to be. That was hard for me. (laughs) And you learn wisdom's slow pace. And you learn wisdom's low posture. And you have learned to put your trust in the person of wisdom, Jesus Christ. That will be a wonderful thing. And you will be able to sing with David what he sang in Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And there are so many benefits to God's wisdom. If you are in Christ, all the benefits, all the treasures of wisdom are yours. Amen? Not by your works, but by his works. It says in Proverbs 1 that they are a graceful garland for your head. They are like pendants for your neck. What a ride it's been. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have found wisdom. You did not forsake her when she called. We must be done, right? No. There's something horribly wrong. Something desperately missing. What's wrong, what's missing is this. There are millions, there are billions of people who are made in the image of God who are totally ignorant of Jesus Christ. Totally ignorant of the wisdom of God. And they are perishing for it. Proverbs 132 to 33. For the simple are killed by their turning away. And their complacency, the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. If you want to grow in wisdom, know this. No one who is wise could ever be satisfied living in God's world, in God's way, knowing that others are perishing in their folly. God's desire is that every nation, every tribe, every tongue would know his glory and worship him. And because wisdom's aim is that all would know the glory of God, wisdom's heart is for those without wisdom. Wisdom's heart is for the lost. You know, even though the book of Proverbs is not really the go-to book if you want to talk about uh, you know, missionary, mission and evangelism, um, this, is, this would not be my first book to preach this kind of message out of. The Bible is so, so saturated with this idea that our God is a missionary God. That I will show you today three times in just the intro of the book of Proverbs, this missionary heart of God. Displayed in the activity and the words of Lady Wisdom herself. We're going to read three passages from Proverbs chapter 1, Proverbs chapter 8, and Proverbs chapter 9. And I want you to pay attention to two things. I want you to pay attention to the location of wisdom, and I want you to pay attention to her audience. Who does she talk to? Proverbs 1, 20, 22. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? 
How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Where is wisdom? Where is she crying out? Does it say in the text that wisdom is crying out from the pulpit like I'm doing now? Is she in the temple? Is she in the synagogue? Is she in the church? No. Wisdom is outside, in the streets, in the marketplace, in the noisy highways. She's at the entrance to the border of the city gates. Why is she there? Why has she gone outside to call? Because it's who she's calling to. Who is she calling to? Is she calling to the wise? Is she calling to the student? She is calling to who? It's just like Jesus told his disciples. Those who are well have no need of a physician, physician, but it's those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. And in the same way, wisdom is not calling to the wise, but to the simple, to the scoffer, to the fool. Turn to Proverbs 8 now, verse 1 through 5. Pay attention again to the location and the audience of wisdom. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries out, To you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Again, notice here, forget about churches and temples and synagogues. She's not even in the city anymore. Wisdom has gone out even further. She's now on the heights, on the hills, surrounding the city. She's at the crossroads. She's just outside the entrance of the city gates. And again, she calls not to the wise, not to her friends, not to those who know her. She calls out to those who don't know her. Wisdom's aim is God's glory going to the ends of the earth. And wisdom's heart is for the lost. But who does wisdom train to share her aim and to share her heart? The clearest picture of Lady Wisdom on mission for God we will see in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1 through 6. Turn there now if you have your Bible. I'm going to refer to it a couple times. I'm going to give you a second to turn there. I want you to watch this progression. There's a threefold progression. Okay, you'll see first wisdom's house being established. Then you'll see wisdom's house celebrating and worshiping, and then you'll see Wisdom's house on mission. Three movements of Wisdom's household. One thing leads naturally to the next. Verse 1, Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. Ladies, Lady Wisdom's house is fully established. This is the maturity, the maturation, the completion of wisdom, living in God's world, in God's way. There are seven pillars representing that the house is solid, it will not be shaken. Look at verse 2. This leads to this. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has set her table. Lady Wisdom's household now prepares for celebration, prepares for worship. Her table overflows with God's blessing and God's bounty. Now this, listen to me, this is where most of us would be tempted to stop. This is where every other world religion would tell you you can stop. You have received all the blessings. You've worked hard and now enjoy the fruit of your labor. 
What more is there? You have arrived. But look what happens in verse 3. Something strange happens. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Instead of gathering in the home to enjoy the hardwood benefits of a diligent life, the household of wisdom is now sent out into the streets to call. Her daughters go out just like their mother once did. And listen to what her daughters cry. Verse 4, whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come eat of my bread and drink of the wine that I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Wisdom's children sound just like their mother. They have seen her go out time and time again, heard her calling out to the lost time and time again, and now they go. And their message is this, bread and wine, turn away, repent, and live. Does that sound familiar to you? Does that sound like someone wise you've heard of from the New Testament? I really hope so, otherwise we're doing a terrible job at this church. <laughs> this should sound familiar to you. Because Jesus Christ is wisdom personified. Every word, every promise, and every proverb in the Bible is about Jesus, not us. You see, Jesus is the one whose house is the only house truly established with wisdom. And moved by his mercy and his love for the lost, it is Jesus who leaves the safety of his home, the comfort of his heavenly city, for the sake of foolish sinners like you and like me. Wisdom goes to the heights, she goes to the crossroads, but it is Jesus who went outside of the city of Jerusalem, who climbed the heights of Golgotha, who climbed the hill of Calvary and literally went to the crossroad for you. There is no love deeper than his. There's no aim higher than his. There's no heart more tender than his. In Proverbs 9-2, we saw Lady Wisdom slaughtering her beasts and readying her wine, but Jesus went even further than that. Christ gave himself up to be slaughtered like a beast, and he poured out his blood like wine for us. It is his table that we will enjoy later. As we celebrate communion, where he calls out, come and eat of the bread and drink of the wine that I have prepared, this is my body broken for you. My blood shed for you. For forgiveness and restoration that you might learn wisdom. He says, come and celebrate with me. For my son who was lost is found and my daughter who was dead is now alive. I've set the table. It is finished. Won't you come? And we celebrate something very strange. We celebrate the wisdom of God dying the death that fools deserve. All for love. If you are here today, if you feel lost, please know that Jesus loves the lost. 
His heart is for you. His heart is for you. That is wisdom's heart. Church, can you feel that? All right. I've talked about wisdom's aim, the glory of God. I've talked about wisdom's heart, love for the lost. My question now is, so what? What do we do about it? You know, last week, Tamarcus led us through and reminded us that, you know, many of us don't feel that much wiser than a year ago. And much of the Wisdom and Wonder series has been revealing how far we actually are from being wise so that we might turn and press into Christ, the only one who's wise. And maybe some of us feel unqualified and immature to go. And yet we're still called to share. Notice, wisdom sends the young women. That leads me to my third point, wisdom's water. Wisdom's water blesses the thirsty here and to the ends of the earth. We are finally ready to read that pair of scriptures that Ina read for us before I came up here. Proverbs 25, 25 and Matthew 10, 42. Proverbs 25. Like cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. Matthew 10, 42. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water, because he's a disciple, I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. I know it's a little cold today, but you ever been outside in the Texas summer? You know, you're baking in the heat. You've been outside a little too long. And you come inside and someone hands you a tall, cold glass of water. There's almost nothing better in the world, is there? And you drink it down. You don't even breathe You're drinking. <laughs> Sharing the gospels like that. That's what Proverbs is teaching us. You see, we often overcomplicate what it's like to share our faith, what it's like to be on mission for God. We think that Jesus is asking us to start a spring water bottling company, a distribution network. You know, like, let me see. If I'm going to build a factory, I need to um, have a reverse osmosis filtration system. I don't even know what that is. And I guess I need to buy some trucks and get, oh, man, okay, this is getting too complicated already. I give up. But sharing God's wisdom is like handing someone a cup of cold water. It's straightforward. It's very simple. Here's how to apply this. Has there been a message from the Wisdom and Wonder series that made your soul sing? One that made your heart break? Did you hear something that challenged you or that healed you or that brought you to the feet of Christ? Just share that with someone. Take a long sip from that glass of cold water and you say, mm, that's good. And you hand it to somebody. If you do that, you'll be like the woman at the well. Remember her? She came to Jesus. She met Jesus and she was looking for physical water. And Jesus gave her living water. Do you remember that? And what did she do? Did she just sit there and be like, I love me some living water? No, she immediately ran to her neighbors saying, come and see. And I want you to remember she wasn't well-educated. She wasn't well-respected. She wasn't even well-liked. That's why she was there in the middle of the day. All she did was give the water that she herself had tasted. 
She said, this tastes good. You should try this. And I want you to imagine the people of her town asking, you say this guy's the Messiah. Explain to me how he fulfills Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22. And she's like, I don't know any of that stuff. I just know this is good. You need to come try it. Some of the people to whom you hand your cup of cold water will drink it and go on with their life. Some people will slap it out of your hand and toss it to the ground. But some of them will drink it and say, this is good. Where'd you get this? I want you to think about the thirsty souls in your life. How can you bless them with a cup of wisdom's cold, cold water? The gospel that we've been preaching. The good news. The steadfast love of the Lord is better than life. Let's go. Martin, Martin Luther would say it like this in one of the songs that we sing. Let goods and kindred go. This mortal life also. The body they may kill. His truth abided still. His kingdom is forever. Let's go. Let me give you a couple practical ways outside of your personal sharing of water. Personal sharing of your testimony to support wisdom's aim and wisdom's heart. First off, if you feel your heart stirring today, your heart stirring for what moves God's heart, but maybe you're feeling that and you're not sure what to do, how to aim that feeling. Next week, we will have sending prayer. It's right after the second service at 1230. It's upstairs above preschool in the conference room. If you don't know where that is, you go to Connections. They'll send you on your way. Come and hear. Come and hear what God is doing among the nations through the members of Citizens Church. We have sent people to the far corners of the world. And you get a front row seat to listen to what God is doing through our own brothers and sisters. Pray with them. Pray that his kingdom would come, that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you may find the wisdom to know how you can partner with what God is doing. Wisdom is going out. Second, another one of the ways that you can get your cup of cold water to that far country, as it says in Proverbs 25, 25, is to hand it to someone who's going there already. Right after this service, out those doors in connections will be two of our own goers, Ben Ditlifson and Chase Denton. They're in connections right after this. Go there. Both of them are here raising support for the mission of God. Chase is spreading the gospel with campus outreach in Zambia, at the University of Zambia. And Ben recently planted a church in Monterey, Mexico. These are not strangers who popped into our church hoping to raise some financial support. These are two of our own brothers who came up here. They're members of Citizens Church. They're us. And they're here raising support for their gospel work, taking the good news to a far country. Church, can I challenge you with something? Could we complete their support needs today? Could we overwhelm them with cups of cold water that they can take to the thirsty souls in that far country? There will be QR codes outside along the wall there. You can just scan it and you can, whatever you can do. Some of you guys had a hard year don't worry about it. Some of you guys, even though the economy's down, you did really well, and now you know why. It's not for you. It's for God's kingdom. But you might be asking me, wait, hold on. Why is it our job to do this in the first place? I thought wisdom was the one who goes out. 
Ephesians 3, 9 through 10. Paul says this, to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery, hidden for the ages in God who creates all things. Look at verse 10. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Did you catch that? So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known. It's through you, church, that God's wisdom is going to the ends of the earth. Notice it doesn't say through the leaders of the church, through the pastors of the church, through the missionaries of the church. No. We are the church. We are his people, all of us. It's through us all together that Christ is making his appeal. Through us all together that God's wisdom will go to the ends of the earth. Our name is Citizens Church because we believe that we are citizens of the kingdom. But what kind of kingdom is it that we are citizens of? Exodus 19.6 tells us this. God says, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. We are citizens of a kingdom of priests. Every one of us is called to intercede for the lost. Intercede for those who are far from God who need to be drawn near. And I just want to remind you that as I call you to hand out the water, that we are not the source of the water. Jesus is. We just handed out cups, y'all. Wisdom's water is meant to bless everyone from here to the ends of the earth. And why is that? Because that's where wisdom's aim is. Wisdom's aim is that God's glory would go to the ends of the earth. Wisdom's heart is that all the lost would know, love, trust, and obey Jesus Christ, who alone is the wisdom of God and the glory of God and the power of God. It is through the church taking this gospel, this good news of wisdom's water into every nation, that wisdom's aim will one day be accomplished. It will be accomplished. God's promises never fail. Let's pray. Lord, God, we are your church. Lord, we are your people. Lord, let us be faithful to take the cold water of this gospel to the ends of the earth, that all the nations would praise you, O Lord, that the simple would become wise, that the broken would be healed, that, Lord, that we would cry out to the world that you are the Lord and there's none like you. God, we lift up our goers, especially Chase and Ben. God, bless them to be a blessing in Zambia, in Mexico. We pray for our, our other members who are in the Middle East, in Alaska, in China. God, may we be faithful to support them with our prayer and with the overflow of our finances. God, may we be faithful to hold the rope as they go outside the gates, just like Jesus did. And Lord, I boldly pray that you would raise up a generation, young men and young women, who, like wisdom's children, are bold to go and proclaim the truth that there is no God like you. I pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.